Well, good evening. How is everybody doing tonight? Doing well? All right. Well, good to have everybody in Appleton, Green Bay, Stevens Point. Uh, Good to have everyone with us here tonight for our Bible study. Uh, A few Sundays ago, or a few days ago on Sunday, uh, we started off at all of our campuses with uh, what we're calling 21 Days of Prayer. And uh, we're grabbing 21 days here as we set out in January uh, to really just set them aside and focus in on prayer. And we've had a great time praying ever since Sunday. We get going at 6.15 in the morning. We wrap up at 7, get you out of here at enough time to go to work, go to school, uh, get home to the kids, maybe take a nap before your day starts, uh, depending on your status. Uh, But we've really had a great time. We've had a good number of people showing up at all of our campuses and participating with it. And it's been been meaningful. It's been meaningful to me, and I know those that are coming, I've had comments from people saying, man, it's just been incredible to start my day this way uh, with prayer. And then we've been fasting as well. So we're taking 21 days, kicking off our year really around this idea that we've been communicating that's just two words, and it's this, it's pray first. We're, we're asking the question, what would our lives look like if we would simply pray first, before we'd get going uh, with the rest of our day, before we'd let our feet hit the ground, before we open up our phones and get busy on Facebook, or open up the uh, TV, or do whatever it is that we do, what would life look like if we would pray first? if we would build in the spiritual discipline of prayer. And uh, it's not the easiest thing to build into your life like any other discipline, uh, whether it's eating good or exercising or these different things, uh, it, takes, it takes a little bit of effort. And so uh, through prayer, our lives are transformed. Uh, we, are, we start off our mornings uh, with a little bit of teaching. And this morning, Pastor Joe taught and talked about the idea of how Prayer changes things in our world and how uh, this morning actually our daily prayer focus was praying over our cities. And uh, Pastor Joe talked about even when he was young, they were traveling and doing ministry. He talked about uh, how he could tell the difference going in city to city and how they went into San Antonio, Texas. And every day, he said, there was like 100 people they were coming to know Christ when they would go out and share the good news about Jesus. People responding. They were, he said all you had to do is show up and people wanted to meet Jesus. And then they went to Anaheim, California and it was the totally opposite thing where people weren't open to God and they were totally cold and five people a day were showing up to their meetings that, that they didn't seem as open. And, and what he challenged us is with, you know, somebody's been preparing the ground in San Antonio. Someone's been praying over this city. Uh, People have been gathering and trusting God that their city would be transformed. And so we spent time praying over Northeast Wisconsin and over the Fox Valley and over Central Wisconsin this morning. And every day we've had a different prayer focus and prayer changes things. It'll change uh, your marriage. It'll change uh, your situation with your kids, your relationships, your career. Prayer changes our lives. And so we're just kind of focusing in on that. It's what we've set out to do. And, uh, and so the, the morning prayers, just want to let you know, because I, I, hopefully you want to come and join us. Every day we've kind of, few more people, few more people coming uh, every day. So it's been, it's been pretty cool. So just to kind of let you know, they start at 6.15. Uh, we're doing it Sunday through Friday. And then Saturdays we're meeting at 9 o'clock. 
And uh, this Saturday, for example, if you're in Green Bay, at least we've got the men's and women's breakfast. We'll have just a shorter prayer time during that, and then we'll have our men's and women's breakfast as well. Uh, but we hope you're able to join us. And so the, the mornings, they're, they're real easy. So if you feel intimidated by it, don't feel intimidated. No one's going to ask you to do anything crazy. Nah, no one's going to ask you to stand up and pray or anything like that. What we do is we start off with just a little 10-minute message. Uh, from one of the pastors at the church. We've been rotating through them, and uh, they've been some great uh, short little messages on prayer. And then, uh, and then we explain the prayer guides, and we've got these really great prayer guides. And if you haven't gotten one of these, I do have some extras up front, maybe enough for everybody if uh, when we wrap up our time together, you can grab one of these. And this will walk you through uh, concept on prayer and a model of prayer. And uh, tonight, that's kind of what we're focusing in on is one of those models of prayer, using the Lord's Prayer. And a lot of people have been using that uh, to kind of to, to set up how their prayer time looks in those mornings. It's what I've been doing primarily in those mornings is walking through the Lord's Prayer. I also want to let you know about uh, our Sundays. During Sundays in January, we've given Mark some time off, and we've got a great lineup of preachers, so you don't want to miss any Sunday. Uh, this Sunday, we've got Ted Cunningham. He is a nationally known uh, marriage speaker. He's also a pastor of a church in uh, Missouri, and he's going to come and have a great message for us this Sunday. And then the following Sunday, Mark's brother, Ed Gunger, Bishop Ed Gunger, is going to be preaching, and he'll have a great message. But on Saturday, January 20th, 20th, he's going to be teaching, and you're invited to join us. There's, he's going to be teaching on prayer. It's at 10 o'clock. It'll be a two-hour class, and it is called Prayer School, the Use of Prayer Books in the Spirit-Filled Life. And what we'll be going over in that, what, what uh, Bishop Ed Gunger will be teaching is learning how to enrich your prayer life with guided prayers that are honest, humble, and theologically robust. Uh, learning how to press beyond your own parochial concerns and engage in intercession for the whole world, Uh, discovering how the Psalms are as an ancient prayer book uh, that's been used in the church for a long time, and experiencing prayer uh, that not only expresses your heart but forms it in Christ-like ways, and then also embracing the rhythms of prayer that follow the Christian calendar and will help keep your daily life fresh in as little as 15 minutes a day. So having a model of prayer, uh, uh, Ed will be teaching one of those coming up uh, on the 20th, and if you want to join us for that, it's a great model of prayer. I've looked at it, and it's awesome. Uh, It has a book that goes with it, so if you want to be part of uh, that school, uh, we ask that you register, and you can register by just letting me know tonight. We'll just throw a piece of paper out there. You can put your name on it, or uh, let your campus pastor know in Appleton or Stevens Point, and then you can also email prayer at celebrationchurch.tv, and it would just be good for us to have an idea of a number so we can order the right amount of books, and then you can just pay the day of the class for that book. It's $13, so if you want to be part of that, but it's good to get some ideas on prayer and, and learn how to pray in your life. Prayer, like anything else, uh, takes a little effort to learn, 
Uh, I experienced how you have to learn how to do things. I'm learning how to fix things because I, I own a home now. So you got to learn how to fix things. Anyone have to walk through that in their life, learning how to fix things? I, I'm not that good of a fix-it guy, but I've had some things I've had to fix recently. Uh, last week, I talked about my dryer going out. So my wife one day told me the dryer's not getting hot. And so, uh, so I, like, like a man does, I get on YouTube to learn how to fix a dryer. Uh, I thought that would be cheaper than buying a new dryer. So I get on YouTube, and apparently YouTube can teach you how to fix anything. So I get on YouTube, and I'm watching videos on how to fix my dryer, and so I go through that whole process, and it tells me to start taking it apart. So I take apart my dryer, and then it tells me to get a multimeter, and I got to test these different things. Well, I don't know what a multimeter is. So I get on Google to find out what a multimeter is, if, I, if I'm even saying it the right way. So I go and I buy one, but I buy the cheapest one you can buy. It's a piece of junk, and I have no idea how to work it, and I hate reading instruction manuals. So I go on YouTube to learn how to use a multimeter. And I get on there, and the uh, video's telling me these different things, but I've got the biggest piece of junk multimeter on the planet. It's not working, so I FaceTime somebody, and I ask him on video, how can I use this multimeter? And he's giving me instructions on how to use it, and I get in there, and I'm trying to figure it out, but eventually he has to come over and give me a few pointers so I can fix my dryer. I ended up fixing it. It was the thermal fuse, so if your dryer goes out, you might want to check your thermal fuse. It's a little thing, thingy-majiggy. You take it off, you put in a new one, it starts working. Who knew? Uh, But I don't know if you're like me. I'm not very good at reading the instruction manual, so it's helpful to have prayer taught. That's what these Wednesday nights are about. That's what the prayer school is about, is about teaching on prayer. Uh, The disciples, they wanted to know how to pray. They went to Jesus and they they asked him about it. I don't know if they were kind of following him around, you know, looking behind a tree or what it was going on, but the disciples wanted to know how to pray and we read about it in uh, Luke chapter 11. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. So he got away and he was praying. Uh, Throughout the New Testament, in the Gospels, you read it quite a bit that Jesus got away and prayed. It'll say he went into the mountains. He was walking ahead of them, that Jesus went away and prayed. So I don't know if the disciples are, what's Jesus up to? What's he doing? But they're following, and Jesus goes to a certain place. And right there, I mean, maybe that'll help you pray better in your life is just going to a certain place, maybe going to a place where there's fewer distractions. Uh, Maybe it looks like getting up early in the morning. read about that sometimes, that Jesus got up early while it was still dark and he was praying. And we've been doing that in the mornings and just kind of setting this pattern in your life of connecting with God. So Jesus got away to a certain place. And when he was finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. So just like I need to learn how to use tools, uh, we need to learn how to use prayer in our life and how to do it effectively. And prayer, you know, it's kind of like any other thing in life. If you're going to grow, you've got to have a desire to do it. So hopefully through this time, we're just building that desire to want to pray. And uh, that's what these meetings are about on Wednesday nights. That's what this 21 days of prayer is all about as well. It's hopefully creating this desire inside of you 
to want to pray, to want to have some change in your life. So it starts with desire, but desire needs to move to some discipline. You got to put some disciplines in your life if you're going to be effective with your prayer. And uh, so hopefully through this 21 days, a number of you are building this kind of discipline in your life. Because our cities will be transformed when we become people that are more connected with our prayer lives. So you got to get some discipline. It's not always going to work perfect. So maybe the idea of the Lord's Prayer, walking through that works great for you. Uh, Maybe it's a prayer journal. Maybe it's going through the daily office. But putting some methods in your life that will help you learn how to pray um, and that's what the daily office, that's the prayer school that, that Ed Gunger will be teaching on January 20th. Uh, and, then, and then really that discipline moves into delight where it really becomes something that you cherish in your life. And even in a few short days, I've had a few people walk in saying, I can't believe you're making us get up this early. And then a few days later they said, man, I'm so glad you got me to get up this early. This is awesome. And, uh, and people have really been enjoying the time. So it really does turn into something that you cherish in your life. Uh, and so, so we're gonna be walking through that. So Luke chapter 11, Jesus goes to the certain place. So then you flip over to Matthew chapter six. And in Matthew chapter six, he gives us the Lord's prayer. So he says, this then is how you should pray. So they're asking the question, Jesus, teach us how to pray, and Jesus is going to lay out for them how to pray. And notice that in that verse, it doesn't say, if you want to put that up, in that verse, it doesn't say, uh, this is what you should pray, as much as he says, this is how you should pray. So even though we say the Lord's Prayer on Sundays, and it's a great prayer to pray, it's not so much a what you should pray, as it is how you should pray. Uh, so we're going to walk through. It's kind of got seven elements, and, and you can go through a lot of different parts of this, but we'll kind of go through it during these next couple Wednesday nights. We'll do it tonight, next week Wednesday, and then on the 24th, we're going to have a worship and prayer night. So that's kind of how we'll finish all that off, and then the 21 days of prayer finishes on January 27th. So we started on the 7th, we'll go to the 27th, and if you've missed it, you should still come. And you can still partner with us on that. So last week, we looked at kind of those first two sections of it. It started with our Father in heaven. So prayer is about connecting to God relationally. He is our Father who is in heaven, that there's a relationship with God because of Jesus, that we've got direct access to God because of what Jesus did on the cross, that sin separates us, but Jesus breaks down the wall so you can have direct access to God. And maybe you grew up in a religious environment. Maybe you grew up in a church environment where prayer was something that you thought you needed a mediator. You needed to go to somebody so that somebody then could go talk to God on your behalf. But you don't need to come to one of the pastors. You don't need to go to a priest. You don't need to go to a mediator. You've got direct access to God like a father. Uh, My son, Dylan, he turned 12 years old today on January 10th, so he's 12 years old. He's my oldest, and uh, we asked, he asked today, could I go out to lunch with you guys for my birthday? That's how a kid talks to his dad. Yes, we can go to lunch for your birthday. Where do you want to go? Can we go to Red Robin? Yes, we can go to Red Robin. And we went to Red Robin, and we got to Red Robin, and he said, Dad, could I have a shake? Yes, you can have a shake. Can I have a cheeseburger? you can have a cheeseburger. Then he started asking me questions that the answer started to become no. You know, like, uh, no, you can't have a beard. No, just kidding, he wasn't asking for... (laughs) 
No, he was saying, hey, could, could you bring the puppy to school? I want to show him to all my class for my birthday. Good question. Nothing wrong with bringing the puppy to school, but I'm busy. I got to go back to work, so the answer's no. And uh, sometimes the answer is no, but just like Dylan can talk to me, his dad, about what's going on in his life, and maybe he's got desires, like, can I eat a burger at Red Robin or whatever it is, you've got direct access to God like a father. So we connect with him relationally. In Hebrews 4 and 16, talks about that. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That we can go to God confidently in our lives. We don't have to go to him all nervous like, you know, he's going to strike us down because we've got sin in our lives. We can approach God confidently, again, not because of how good we are, but because of Jesus. We'll never be good enough but we can go to him confidently because of what Jesus did on that cross. So God wants to bless you. He wants to answer your prayers, but you need to understand you need to have a relationship with God. He wants you to pray. So number one, connect with God relationally. Our Father who is in heaven. He's in heaven. He sees all. He knows all. He knows the beginning from the end and everything in between. He knows how to open the right doors. He knows how to close the right ones. He knows what you need in your life, so pray. The answer may be yes. The answer may be no, but we need to pray. You can trust God. Pray to your Father who is in heaven. And then two, last week we talked about worship his name. It says, hallowed be your name is the next line in the Lord's prayer. So now Jesus is talking about an attitude of praise. This is not only an attitude of praise of what God has done, but it's an attitude of praise of what God is yet to do. So maybe you've got needs in your life, and having an attitude of praise is where faith comes in. Uh, I can remember when I was in college, I had no money. Uh, I moved to uh, Oklahoma. I was born and raised in Wisconsin. I moved. I've got no money. I'm going to college. I've got an apartment. I was living uh, with Phil Gunger, actually. We had an apartment together. That place was a dump. How many of you know when two guys live in a place with no women? <laughs> it's a dump. And so uh, our, our place was a dump. My car was a piece of junk. My, it was one of my favorite cars. It was a 1987 VW Jetta. And I love that car. It had the crank sunroof top. You know, you had to actually use your muscles to open it up instead of pushing a button. And I had tacks all in the ceiling because the ceiling was falling down. So I kept it up with tacks and it had all these leaks where water would come in. So if it rained outside, the, the, the roof of my car would sag like this and I had to find a tack and jam it back up. And it had a short in the car. And so you, you couldn't just, you know, park it anywhere. I had to park it on an incline because I had to pop the clutch. So wherever I parked, I would be on a hill. And I'd, it'd be like 110 degrees in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'd be on my way to work or on my way to school, and I'd be running down the hill and pushing it, and I'd jump in and pop the clutch, and, uh, and I'd be off and running. And that's how I drove my car all through college because I didn't have money to fix a short. I didn't have money to buy a new car. Well, that, that car finally gave out, and it stopped running. Well, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out because how am I going to get to school I spent all this money on school. How am I going to get there? I got to get to work so I can pay for school. How am I going to get to work? How am I going to uh, 
fix my car if I don't have any money and I'm freaking out and I call up my mom and dad and I'm freaking out saying, I've got no money, I've got no ability to fix my car, what am I gonna do? And they said, how about I give you our 96 Dodge Intrepid? And I thought the Intrepid's the coolest car in the world. (laughs) I remember in 1996 when the Intrepid, when I saw the Intrepid, I thought this is now the pinnacle of, of all design. How could it ever get cooler than the 96 Dodge Intrepid? Look at those sleek lines. It's so curvy. How could you ever make a cooler car than an Intrepid? Well, they've made better cars. But my mom and dad, uh, they said, we'll give you the Intrepid. In fact, we'll send it down to you. Immediately, my fear was gone. Now I'm praising God because the Intrepid is on the way. And, and that's what that attitude of praise is like. It's knowing that the car is on the way. The intrepid is on its way to you. And, uh, and that's what we can come to in God with prayer is we come to him with an attitude of praise. That no matter what it is you're going through in life, it's that attitude of knowing, you know what? You've got the answer, and the answer is on its way. We can come to God with an attitude of praise. Here's, here's a few names of God. Proverbs 18 and 10 says this. Uh, we talked about the, the line in the Lord's Prayer is, hallowed be your name. In Proverbs 18, it says this, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. Another translation says it's a strong tower. It says the righteous run to it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong fortified tower. It can't be attacked. It can't be defeated. The righteous run to it and they're safe. And we're not righteous because of how good we are. We're righteous because of Jesus. So here's some of the names of God. God is righteousness. In other words, God makes us clean. God is sanctifier. He called us and set us apart. God is healer. God heals all your diseases. Do you need healing in your life? God's got that for you. God is banner of victory He defeated all of our enemies. Do you have enemies in your life? Uh, Even going through our prayer time, we're learning that our our uh, our battles not against flesh and blood, but our battles against powers and principalities, things of the spiritual world. That 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 God has defeated your enemies. God is our shepherd. He speaks to us and he leads us. Do you need to be spoken to in your life? Do you need wisdom? Do you need direction? Do you need God's leading in your life? God is like a shepherd who guides the sheep and helps them get to where they're going. God is peace. He's our peace in every storm, that no matter what storm you're going through in life, that you can have peace in the middle of the storm. God is our provider. He supplies all of our needs. If you have needs in your life, God is your supplier. Those are all names for God found throughout the Bible. And the Bible says that we can go to God and say, hallowed be your name. Praise you, God, that you're my healer. Thank you, God, that you're my provider. Thank you, God, that you forgive me of all my sin. Thank you, God, that you called me and set me apart and I'm part of your family. Thank you, God. So that was the second part. The third part that we'll expand with, with our time here tonight, is number three, pray his agenda first. So it's this next line in the Lord's Prayer that says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says, but seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, a lot of times this verse is used, uh, preachers will use it to talk about money, like as if all of life is about money. And you can use the principles within this to talk about money, you know, because we've got needs in our life. And the Bible says if you seek the kingdom and righteousness first, that all those things that you need would be added and given to you as well. But this verse, Jesus is not talking about money. What he's talking about is pursuing God. He's talking about looking after what God's interests are. Looking after what God is doing in the world. Having eternal eyes for what God is doing in the world. Uh, I was on a mission trip and missionaries are supposed to be doing kingdom business. You know, we're supposed to be out doing God's work in the world. And this uh, last time I was on a mission trip, I had uh, a lot of fun, was able to bring my uh, son and my daughter with me as well on the trip. And we were in Myanmar and we're in this extremely poor nation. And we went over to the market on our day off. So it's technically our day off. And we went to the market and we're doing what you do when, you do on, when you're on mission trips. You go buy weird little knickknacks carved out of wood and all these weird little things that you get home and realize how bad they smell and how cheaply they're made and all that sort of thing. So you do that, so you have some souvenirs to bring back home, and uh, there's this really cool river. So the city of Yangon, where the orphanage is that we support uh, in Myanmar, this, that, that is like the New York of that area. It's this huge city, and, uh, and there's all of these rivers that kind of flow into it. And so the rivers are going into it, and there's this huge river, and there's a boat, and the ships that come in and out of there all the time. And so we went into this uh, area because it's kind of neat to see what's going on in that city. So we're kind of just exploring and we're going to take a boat ride from one side of the river to the other side of the river and then come back. And there's people, they're catching boats from smaller remote areas. There's uh, uh, big ships coming in with cargo in and out, all these different things taking place. And so the, the, the whole boat yard is packed like an airport. And there's people everywhere. You can barely get through. And when you, uh, when you buy your ticket, everyone's lined up and there's a lot of sick people inside of there because there's sick people coming into the city hoping that they can maybe see a doctor. So we're crossing over with this big crowd of people and we see this little girl and this little boy and they're sitting there with a wok full of eggs, one of those cooking woks. And they've got all these little tiny quail eggs on the inside of it. And I, I noticed them, didn't think much of it. I just thought there was all kinds of panhandlers all over the place. And, but they saw this group of Americans walking across the deck bridge going on out to the boat. So they followed the Americans onto the boat. And so we went up to the second floor and to the front of the boat so we could have a view of the river as we were crossing it. And as we crossed the river, uh, all of a sudden this little girl comes up and this little boy, they meet us and they're, they're asking us if we want to buy some eggs. And so somebody on our team buys one of the eggs and uh, he paid, you know, like 10 times what it was worth. And so the girl looks at the money and she's all kinds of excited because she's got all this money now. She's super excited. And, uh, and so I saw it taking place. And so I asked Abraham who we were with. Abraham's from Myanmar. He works at the orphanage. I said, is it okay if I give her, I think it was uh, 10,000 jets. And it was like the equivalent of maybe giving her a few dollars, you know, uh, maybe not even that much. And he said, yeah, 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 you can give her 
10,000 jets. I didn't know if I was like going to bring on, you know, all of the panhandlers or something like that or spoil her too much. And so he said, no, 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 you can give her that money. So I gave her some money and then somebody else had a couple suckers in her purse. And so they gave the kids some suckers and somebody else without even asking handed her like 30,000 jets. And now she's loaded, you know, she's got all this money. She sold an egg. She's got a couple suckers and we've got a picture of the little girl. And we're just thinking, you know, oh man, we... We were being so nice. We gave her a little bit of money. We gave her some suckers, and that's where we ended. But who had eternal eyes was Abraham. So we're now watching the river, and I turn around, and I see Abraham talking to this little girl about Jesus. And I can tell he's talking to her about Jesus because I'm hearing familiar words uh, in English. And so I leaned over to him and said, Abraham, are you talking to her about Jesus? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, we're so stupid. We just don't get it. We're doing these nice things and we don't even think about talking about God with these people. So I I later on asked Abraham, the girl's name is Laminta, and uh, even during our prayer time this morning, I was praying for her uh, that she continue being drawn unto God and her, her little brother. But he talked to her about God and he had those eternal eyes. And that's a little bit of what this section's about when we say, your kingdom come, your will be done, God, on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, We finished up a series in November called Legacy. And it's exactly what we're talking about, is having those eternal eyes. Uh, During the month of December, many people gave into an offering called Legacy, where we're really committed to making a difference and giving into areas around the world, in our communities, in our state, in our nation, that are making a difference, that we can make an impact in eternity, even with our finances. It's saying, God, we want your kingdom to come, your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. This idea of loving God and loving what God loves, and God loves lost people. And if we want to love God, we need to love others. And we need to love those that are lost. And Jesus tells parables in the New Testament about lost things. And he tells three different parables about how he leaves the found to go find the lost. You see it in the prodigal son, the story of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost sheep, that Jesus, that God leaves the found to go after that which is lost. So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is this idea of caring for the lost, caring for those that don't yet know God in their lives. So one of the primary ways you can be focused on the kingdom of heaven is to be focused on populating the kingdom of heaven, praying for those that don't yet know Jesus. Here's a great prayer to prayer. Pray, God, if you'll show me someone to love, I'm game to love somebody today. Ask God to place people into your life that you can love on, that you can share the love of God with. We did that very thing this morning when we got together and prayed at our various campuses. We prayed, our, our, our daily prayer focus today, and there's a different focus each day, but our focus today was for our cities. And we prayed, just like people were praying for San Antonio, when Pastor Joe and Pastor Mark were there doing the outreaches that they were doing way back in the day, People were praying and lifting up that city, and we lifted up our cities here this morning, that people would be ready to hear the good news of Jesus, and that we need to go out and love on some people. Praying for the prosperity of our cities. If our cities prosper, so go the people of God. 
So we prayed for the prosperity of our cities. Uh, Prayer will change you. It'll change the way you think. Prayer will change the way you live, where you're not so caught up with your life that you're blind to what God is doing. And we're really guilty of that. We get so busy in our everyday lives that we're blind to what God is doing. There's a story kind of about this in the Old Testament it's one of the best stories in the Old Testament. I, lo- I love reading these Old Testament stories that are like super crazy. This is one of them, and it's a pretty funny story, and I re- I'm not gonna read it in the King James Version tonight, but I do recommend that you go back and read it in the King James Version, maybe when the kids aren't around. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a pretty funny story. It's about a guy and a donkey. Um, so you can imagine what the King James Version would say. So this guy is, is a prophet named uh, Balaam. And Balaam is a guy that got himself into all kinds of trouble in uh, the Old Testament. He was a prophet, and there's this story that he has this donkey, and he's taking this donkey for a ride, and he's going from here to there, and he's pretty busy throughout his day, and he's in such a hurry to get from this location to the next location. And Balaam, he wants to get there, and he's just, come on, donkey, let's go. And so he gets on his donkey one day, and he wants to get from here to there, and he's focused on his destination and where he's going, and and he's not paying any attention to God. And so God gets the attention of the donkey, and the donkey freezes, but Balaam can't see it. And Balaam gets so mad at the donkey that he begins to beat the donkey. And so he beats the donkey a few different times. You read about it in Numbers chapter 22. We'll pick it up in verse 21. Maybe they'll put it up in King James. I doubt it. All right. There might be women and children around. All right. So Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went off with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyard with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat his donkey again. And, uh, and then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the left or to the right. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it laid down under Balaam. He's frozen now. He doesn't want to go anywhere because he sees the angel. It lay down under Balaam, and he was angry, and he beat it again with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. So it pulls like a Shrek move on, on Balaam here. And so uh, in the voice of Eddie Murphy, the donkey now begins to speak, you know? So the, the moral of the story is if God can use a donkey, he can use you too. So, so good news. God can use you, he can use me, and he begins to speak through this donkey, and, uh, it's, and he says this, the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and said to Balaam, what have I done to make you beat me these three times? The next verse is uh, pretty amazing, particularly in the King James Version. Either way, it's pretty funny. Balaam starts to talk to the donkey, and uh, me, I'm not talking to the donkey. If, if, if donkey turns into uh, Eddie Murphy from Shrek and starts talking to me, I'm screaming and running the other way. 
right? Like uh, this morning, I was very tempted to beat my dog because he started running after my son's donuts for his birthday. Uh, But I caught him and didn't have to beat him. Too bad. But if Fletcher starts talking to me, I'm freaking out, right? And I'm running the other way. So Balaam, uh, he's now having a conversation with the donkey like a crazy man. So he answers the donkey, you've made a fool out of me. Actually, he's looking like a fool because he's talking to a donkey. He said, if I only had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. And at the end of the story, you'll see that Balaam eventually sees that it's an angel that's talking to him. And I wonder if that's how we are. If sometimes we get so focused on where it is that we're going and we're so intense on getting to where we're going that we don't see what God is wanting to do. And we're blind to what God is wanting to do. And we live in a busy world. We're busy people. And we can get so focused on making money, so focused on raising the kids. We can get so focused on living our lives, building our homes, fixing our dryers, doing all the things we do. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But what we can do is we can get so focused in on where we're going that we don't see the gods at work in all of those things that God is working, that we need to have eyes that are seeing the eternal. It's, it, maybe it's just as simple as being loving to somebody and not realizing you can be loving to somebody in God's name. We can do that. We can have eyes that are eternal. Maybe it's not loving on somebody. Maybe it's going through something that's really hard. Some of the greatest miracles in the Bible came in the middle of the hardest circumstances that people were going through. You think of Daniel being thrown into the lion's den and and God just closes the mouth of the lion. He had to be thrown into the den to experience the miracle. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into the fiery furnace. They had to be thrown into the fire in order to see the miracle in their life. Maybe it's something you're going through that's really hard right now. Kingdom eyes, your kingdom come, your will be done, is seeing what is God doing even in the middle of the hardest of circumstances in my life. Maybe you're going through something hard. God wants to work even in the middle of the hardest circumstances in your life. So being a child of God is caring about what God cares about. And the kingdom of God is really about loving on those that are lost. Luke chapter 12 and verse 31. This is out of uh, the Living Bible translation. I love the way it says it. It says, he will always give you what you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Isn't that awesome? That if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern in life, that God will always give you what you need day after day day, which really leads into the next section of the Lord's Prayer, that God's got what you need for you in your life. And, and the idea of even your kingdom come, your will be done, it's on earth as it is in heaven. So on earth, you might be sick. In heaven, you're healed. There is no sickness. On earth, you might have stress in your relationships, In heaven, there's no stress in your relationships. On earth, you might be facing uh, the bank saying, we want to take your house back because you're not making your payments. On earth, you experience that in heaven, there's, there's there's no one coming after you for the money. 
that, that heaven is a place where things are perfect. And so, believe it or not, what we're supposed to be doing is praying that heaven would come to earth right here, right now. That we could experience heaven, a little bit of it, right here on earth. That in the middle of your circumstances that we can see healing in our bodies. That we can see healing in our relationships. That we can see healing on our jobs. That we can see God actually move. That his hand will actually move in our lives. Romans 8 and 37 says, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. Conquerors are people that conquer lands. They, they kick butt and they take names, don't they? Conquerors, they take over nations and they, they fight these great battles. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors because of him who loved us that we can have that kind of a mindset in our lives, that prayer can change the way you think. So lastly tonight is depend on him for everything. The next line in the Lord's prayer is give us this day our daily bread. God promises to supply all our needs and he wants us to come to him with our problems he wants to come, us to come to him with our needs and with our desires and to trust him to provide. In Psalm 121, it says this. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help doesn't come from the mountains. Our help doesn't come from the things that God created. Our help doesn't come from created things. Our help comes from the creator of all things. That we can put our trust in God and we can run to him for what we need in our lives. That God's got daily bread for you. When I think of bread, I think of God giving uh, what they needed as they were going on their way to the promised land. He provided manna for them, what they needed every day. He provided what they needed on that day. And, uh, you know, when I can remember in my life going through hard times and one of, my, one of my friends came to me and said, you know what, God's got what you need for today. God's got daily bread for you today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't let your brain fast forward into tomorrow or next year. Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't let your brain do it. God's got what you need today. Trust God for what you need today. Thank him, God, you've got daily bread for me today. You've got what I need today. God's got what you need. You can bring your needs to God and trust him enough to hand it over to him fully. We can trust him for our needs. Let's pray. God, we just come to you tonight, Lord, and uh, even with uh, this 21 days of prayer, God, we just pray that you would bless our time together, those that are praying, those that are fasting, and we do join together with what we even prayed about this morning, God, and we lift up our cities. Uh, we lift up Green Bay and the surrounding areas in northeast Wisconsin. God, we pray over Stevens Point and the area in central Wisconsin and Appleton and the Fox Valley. God, where we have our campuses and we lift up our cities. God, we pray for the prosperity of our cities. Lord, we pray that uh, businesses would prosper. We pray that our community would prosper. God, we pray for the lost, that those, those that don't know you yet. God, I pray that there would be people <coughs> that would meet you. God, help us to love on those that are lost. 
God, I pray that we would be like the prayer that we prayed today, that we would uh, have kingdom eyes, that we would have eternal eyes, that we would be people that would be trusting for your kingdom to come, for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God, help us as we journey out of these doors at all of our campuses to go love on our cities and to point them towards the God that can heal their lives and change their lives and transform them. Lord, we pray that people would find you. We pray for those that are lost. Break our hearts like your heart breaks, God, for those that don't know you. I pray that we would run from the found to go after the lost, that we would have those kind of hearts. God, and we thank you that we can come to you with our needs. <coughs> we pray that heaven would begin to bear right here, right now, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done. We thank you in advance, God, and we give you praise that the answer's on the way. We give you praise and we just stand in this posture of faith God saying, we give you praise for the answers, for the things that we're trusting you for. God, and we ask for you to move in this place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, we, on these uh, Wednesday nights, uh, this week and next week, we'll finish up just a little bit early. Uh, typically, we get over at 745, so we're gonna finish up uh, because I don't wanna talk for an hour like Pastor Mark. But what, what you can do is, uh, you don't have to stay and pray, but if you want, you can. Uh, our kids' programs at all of our campuses and our youth programs, they're not going to wrap up till a little bit later, so if you can at least give them time to finish up their programs, pick them up when you normally do. But if you want, you can uh, step out into the lobby, hang out, socialize, chat, get to know somebody, grab a cup of coffee, that's great. If you want to pray... Uh, up front at all of our campuses, we do have these prayer guides called 21 Days of Prayer. And through here, it'll walk through the Lord's Prayer. It's got some scripted prayers that you can pray over your life. It's got some everyday prayers that we can be praying about and supporting Bible verses that'll help you structure your prayer life and give you something to pray about and uh, help you pray, pray prayers that are effective in your life. And then there's a daily prayer focus. And so what we've already covered during these 21 days is we've been praying for our church services. On Sunday, we prayed for that, for the people that were coming in, for the message that was preached, for the people that would be sitting in these chairs. We prayed for the lost. We prayed for our church services at all of our campuses. On Monday, we prayed for our leaders in our nation, state, and city. Yesterday, we prayed for our pastors. Uh, we prayed for Pastor Mark and the other pastors at our church. We prayed for our staff. We prayed for life group leaders. We prayed for those that lead in different areas, volunteering around the church. And uh, today we prayed for our cities. So there's a daily prayer focus that just keeps on going throughout these 21 days. So if you wanna grab one of these, maybe there's enough up front for you, you can grab that. And then we've been going through prayer requests. There's also some prayer requests. So if you wanna grab one of those, they'll probably run out, but you can grab one of those prayer requests and spend these next uh, 10, 15 minutes just in a little time of prayer. You're welcome to do that as well. But thanks for joining us at all of our campuses and uh, here in Green Bay, God bless. Have a wonderful evening. We hope to see you tomorrow morning at 6.15.